Becoming an AMHSW is a podcast sharing the stories and experiences of social workers who have successfully attained their mental health accreditation. I'm Ashton Hayes. I'm an AMHSW in private practice and I specialise in supporting social workers through the process of mental health accreditation. This week's episode of Becoming an AMHSW, the podcast, is brought to you by our new course, Overcoming the Overwhelm. If you're interested in mental health accreditation and don't know how to get started, this course is for you. For a massive 65% off the course until Friday 9th December 2022, please use code AMHSW22 at checkout and click the link in the show notes to enrol today. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Becoming an AMHSW, the podcast. Today we are speaking to Jane. Jane is an accredited mental health social worker and play therapist working in private practice in Sydney's inner west. Jane is a foundational TheraPlay practitioner and is also training in synergetic play therapy. Welcome Jane, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure Ashton, lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So in this podcast, we just kind of jump in and ask questions of people who have become accredited uh, in the last few years. And you're a play therapist, which I think a lot of our listeners will be interested to hear about your work and how you got to where you are today. So what led you to wanting to become an accredited mental health social worker? I finished my social work degree in 2000 so over 21 years ago and um, when my son was born uh, nine years ago I had a year of maternity leave and over that year nine years ago I was (laughs) um, focused in between breastfeeding and becoming a first mom of um, doing my mental health um, social work accreditation and I Mm -hmm. got probably 75% of the way through and lost interest and decided my focus should be my baby. Um, Mm -hmm. After that I had completed my play therapy training and had been working in NGOs and had let eight years pass and realized at that point I really needed to pick up the document that I was working on Mm -hmm. and get the wheels in motion and apply. Obviously, during that time, things had changed significantly with the AASW and all of the time that I'd put into answering all of the questions, most of it was no longer relevant, as was all my experience that had shifted. Okay. So the process began again. Um, and I, I guess I had been a social worker for such a long time. I felt like I really wanted the recognition of being a mental health social worker. I had done a lot of work in mental health. Mm -hmm. And being a play therapist with plans to go into private practice, I I felt like I wanted to be able to offer um, Medicare for many of the children and families that I work with. Okay. Um, So that was the process. So I really um, began probably about two years ago now. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'm going to pick this up. And I started working towards the accreditation and, and got overwhelmed I think I was just like ah where do I begin this Mm -hmm. is overwhelming I'm not sure how my experience as a play therapist and my work as a social worker had they just didn't seem to fit neatly into the FPSs Um, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I reconnected with you Ashton (laughs) that you gave me faith and a belief that everything that I was doing really did fit and it was Mm -hmm. 
um, more of the languaging that I was using. And I just needed to have a little bit of a language shift in how I was addressing some of the criteria. Right. right. So I started the process two years ago. It took me, I'd say about nine to 10 months to complete the application, to get my referee statements in place, to mm-hmm. I think I needed to update my CV just to get it all going. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a good nine months um, to mm. get it. So I, I, I think I submitted around this time last year. Mm-hmm. Had to wait over the Christmas holidays to know whether I got through to sitting the exam. So it was a very tense, um, stressful time and. I think mm-hmm. pretty much the 10th of January, it was like, yep, you, you've got through and they invited me to sit the exam. Um, and I sat the exam and then, um, yeah, was approved as an ASW. Yeah. As a, yeah. Mental health social worker. So I was thrilled. I was so excited. And my husband even laughs now and says, I can't believe it's taken you nine years to get this through. <laughs> But I needed that time. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I guess that you did. And and I do remember you and a number of other uh, social workers uh, waiting with bated breath over the Christmas period to just get that to get mm. that next round of approval through. So, so, yeah, well, it took nine years and oh. I guess you can say it took nine months, the same as it takes to yes. make a baby. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, like many, I guess, of your listeners, and it reminded me of uni days, it was like this big weight on my shoulders. Yeah. Um, and when I was done, I just could breathe deeply and I just felt a huge level of satisfaction and pride. I was yeah. really proud of myself. <laughs> we yeah. don't have any moments of that. <laughs> I felt really proud that because it's a lot to pull together and organize and get get things submitted and to pass. I, I wasn't asked to provide any in further information. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was pretty smooth once I had submitted and I mm-hmm. was thrilled. Um, I was thrilled for you. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad that you got through. So um, what do you think was maybe the most challenging part for you in this process? I guess it was trying to fit it into a busy life. Mm. You know, for many of us, we work, we are parents, we might do mm. other studies, we also have a social life. And it was something I just kept putting off and putting off. And it wasn't until I think I had a consultation with you, Ashton, and I kind of said to myself, okay, I'm going to have a day of the week and I'm going to mm-hmm. set aside two hours on that particular day. And that is what I'm going to focus on. And um, I would work on it for those two hours and just slowly chipped away at it Mm -hmm. that way. I think, Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was time. And then I just put it in the, in the too hard basket. There was, I didn't stick to the weekly thing. There were some (laughs) weeks where I just was frustrated and I was stuck and Mm -hmm. I put it in the too hard basket and colleagues who are also going through accreditation at the same time, they were really key in keeping me accountable and keeping me on track because at times it was just like, I can't do this. Why am I doing it? Is it mm-hmm. worth it? Um, mm-hmm. And if I felt like a, you know, accountable to a colleague, who a colleague and I were completing at the same time, and we would have check-ins from time to time, mm-hmm. um, and a check-in around, you know, which of the um, areas we had addressed, and and so I felt like I needed to be prepared for those check-ins. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so it was just staying on track and finding the time for it and prioritizing it. Mm. And towards the end, I just said to myself, I've got to submit it before Christmas. Like, I've just got to do it. And okay. so I pushed and pushed and that was my deadline. <laughs> well, submitted it. <laughs> Christmas is a good deadline. I, I think um, one of the things that's come out recently is that the ASW are redoing the forms um, that uh, online for uh, each of the accreditation processes, processes, and um, I know that that has kind of made a lot of people go, "Oh, well, the forms change at the end of January next year." So it's kind of given people incentive, um, and I really like the idea that you had a sort of an accountability buddy. Um, that's why we do the group super as the group supervision as well as to kind of have that accountability. Um, we're changing up how we do that in the new year based on some of the feedback I've had from people that I've worked with. But that you being able to check in with your colleague and wanting to not kind of let them down, mm. I just think that's a really great way of doing it. Mm. It got yeah. me through and it really yeah. pushed me. Yeah. And I was like, I have to have these criteria done so I can talk about them and get some feedback. And once I've yeah. done it, I would just submit it into the electronic version because I was working on a Word document. Um, yes. Just so that I could, you know, cut and paste or change things around. And once I was happy, uh, towards mm-hmm. the end of the process, I just kept reading over them over and over and over and doubting myself and questioning it. And yeah. I, around this time last year, I was like, right, once I'm happy with it, once I've run it past my colleague or read it through, I'm just going to cut and, and paste it straight in there. And I did yeah. look at those those criterias again. I, I, I think that it is really great. And I know you worked hard on it. So mm-hmm. I'm... I'm so glad that you threw. Um, is there anything that you think you might have wanted to have done differently, you know, in retrospect or upon reflection as our social workers do all the time? <laughs> I think trusted myself a little bit more. There was a mm. lot of self-doubt, mm. a lot of self-doubt. Is what I've written good enough? You know, mm. does me talking about, you know, play therapy and what I'm doing with children in terms of when they're activated in the playroom, for an example, and I'm and I'm helping to co-regulate them through breath mm-hmm. or doing some body work, does that really fit into the focused, you know, psychological strategies? And yeah, am I using the right language is this language that the ASW will think meets the criteria. So I had a lot of doubt around some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also being a social worker and working a lot in out-of-home care and children with trauma and having a lot of the neuroscience, it was like, I don't want to um, bring too much of that into into what I was writing because, right. you know, I think that my sense was they were looking more for the, you know, how are we using CBT and how are we using mm. the parent education and, and the coping skills. So I kind of had to just pass some of that. Excuse me, that's my dog. I had to park some of that um, and just language it slightly differently. Um, and, mm. I, and I doubted myself around some of that. And so mm-hmm. I think if I was to do it again, Ashton, I think I would probably book in with yourself earlier. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wasted time on right. um, double backing and reworking things. I think having a few con- consultations with yourself, I think I had two, maybe three throughout the process. I think it was only mm-hmm. two. You just kind of gave me confidence that, nope, I would read out a paragraph to you or I think I might have sent you something and you're like, yeah. nope, you're on track. That's that You're on track there and that's the right kind of language to use. Stick to that. So that mm-hmm. was super helpful. And then I felt confidence moving, I'm confident moving forward. 
Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm glad that you found that helpful. And I think, you know, checking in with each other and seeking advice from specialists. Um, people, most people know that this is an area of specialization for me, but um, that's because I'm so passionate about getting people accredited. And it was something that I really struggled with through my own process was not being able to find the right language or how to structure it or, or whatever. And, you know, everyone I work with has very different roles. And I was so glad that you were able to be here today because of your play therapy role. Um, so speaking of which, uh, what has changed for you as far as your career is concerned since you've been accredited? The biggest thing for me is the sense that I can say I'm a mental health accredited social worker. You know, mm-hmm. many people, particularly in private practice, they're looking for psychologists. This yep. is still the and being able to say that I'm a play therapist and my undergraduate degree is in social work and I'm accredited as a mental health social worker. It feels more credible. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak to you know my experience in terms of that mental health field. So I think I feel um feel myself not that I needed it but uh, that I that I was really offering a more professional service not that it has changed anything but I really felt like um that was really valuable for me Mm -hmm. um I guess the other thing is I'm able to offer therapy for children and families through through Medicare yeah um, and I can work with a, a broader range of children and families. Um, most of my referrals before were coming through NDIS or through mm-hmm. victims of crime. And mm-hmm. I think through Medicare, just a slightly different type of referral, which is a nice balance to some of the other okay. um, families that I'm working with. I think that's a really good point as well around the um, balance of referrals because I think a diversity of referral mm-hmm. streams is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, having that, having that, uh, Medicare provider number does mean that you can give a rebate. Um, some of us bulk bill, um, and even if we don't bulk bill, we have the option to do that, which is so important. I think um, for for being able to be accessible to different to, to more people out in the field. Yeah, yeah. One thing I didn't realize, Ashton, was once you were accredited through the ASW that you actually had to apply to Medicare for the rebate number. That was something I didn't Ah, realise. Okay. Of course you have to. I just overlooked it and I didn't think it was very clear in the information Mm -hmm. that the ASW sent to me Um, and and that process took some time and so I wasn't Mm. quite ready. So that Mm. would just be another little bit of advice to social workers when you when you get your accreditation, apply to Medicare straight away. If, yes. if it's something that you're wanting to do to, to be able to offer the rebate quite quickly, because I didn't do that um, and learnt the hard way. So I, <laughs> um, which was fine, and the family I was working with were completely understanding. But it would have been, um, yeah, ideal to have gotten the private provider number straight away. I think you make an excellent point with that one as well, because I too. Uh, did not realize that I thought it would just come with my accreditation and I was lucky uh, uh, it took about four weeks for mine to come through so it was good to go but um, yes it could be clearer and uh, uh, 
through my consultancy, we are actually offering a little bit of training around that. So that that is some information that, um, yeah, thank you for pointing that out because I do actually think that that's a really important important thing to remember. So then uh, apart from that lovely piece of advice, is there any other, um, is there a piece of advice you'd like to give to aspiring accredited mental health social workers? Just do it. It feels bigger than it actually is. It feels like this mammoth undertaking. And if you've got Mm -hmm. a community around you that's going to support you, whether it's some some peers who are going through it together or through a a group supervision or through consultations with Ashton, it really Mm -hmm. helps you to stay on track. Mm -hmm. Um, And it feels really overwhelming. But if you've had the experience and you've Mm -hmm. had the years of being a social worker in the context of mental health, it's just around switching up some of the language just to fit some of this, you know, focus psychological strategy language that, that they use. Set aside time for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. if you can have a block, you know, have a couple of block periods of time if that's how you work or a few days yeah. to kind of smash it out. Everybody seems to work really differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and have a goal, like a set goal. I would like to get it in within the next few months or six months or nine months however long you feel like it could take you everybody's got different things that are yeah. going on and have different yeah. levels of um being able to, to to work through it feels like a massive uni assignment it really does yeah. um and and have a you know a vision of what am I going to do with this when I'm done what's it going to mean for me yeah um for me I lost track of that a little bit and I mm-hmm. think once I started to kind of think I will be able to see different kinds of children and families mm-hmm. um that really a kind of yeah supported me to kind of just get to the finish line yeah you will feel a huge amount of relief and pride (laughs) and it really is something to be really proud of because it's a lot of work to get there these days oh absolutely and you know I I think in my work I'm so grateful to walk alongside so many social workers and see the work that they're doing and I know you worked really hard and you know I think one of the things that I did kind of want to highlight um in speaking to you is that you know um of course our audience won't know you and I know that we worked together uh after you came back uh from having your first Mm -hmm. and uh I actually was uh very passionate about providing mental health support in the program that we worked in and I created that role for you to return to. And it was watching you work and supervising you during that time and talking to you about how passionate you were about our clients and how you worked with them. It was very moving um, and a really important piece in my career because I had been thinking about whether or not, you know, moving up more into executive management and and CEO type stuff was where I wanted to go, but, or whether I wanted to go back into frontline work and, and having the pleasure of working alongside you really um, helped me cement that, yes, I did want to go back to that frontline therapy work. But yeah, I just, I guess I really wanted to acknowledge that, Jane, because, um, I I found it to be a real privilege to work alongside you and see how beautifully you work as a therapist. Thanks, Ashton. I think we're so lucky to find something that we really connect with and that we mm-hmm. love and that energizes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm doing some 
further play therapy studies through um, synergetic play therapy with Lisa Dion. And she often talks about, you know, when we find these things that are that meet our highest values, we become mm-hmm. magnetic. You know, we yeah. become so energized and charged around the work that we do. Um, and there's a contagion around that. You know, people pick up on that energetically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I truly feel that way about doing play therapy and, and, and working, you know, therapeutically with the families that I work with as well um, and, and supporting them, yeah, to find that sense within themselves. So that's really lovely. Thank you. I'm yeah. so pleased I was able to, um, you know, it was so many years ago. but that, It was that, a long time you know, ago. <laughs> yeah, it was eight years ago. I can't yeah, believe that, but. That's the beauty of social workers, isn't it? We mm. cross paths and we support each other and work together. And yeah, I'm just, I'm mm. so uh, grateful to uh, have crossed paths with you. And I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Ashton. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> thank you. I respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which myself and my guests meet and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I recognise their connection to country and role in caring for and maintaining country over thousands of years. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Becoming an AMHSW. If you'd like more information about mental health accreditation, please email info at ashtonhayesconsulting.com.au and please see the show notes for links to resources discussed in today's episode.